This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello there, I'm Emma Jane Purcell and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. On the podcast this week, I'm joined by the insanely talented Mia McKenna-Bruce. We were both like, what is going on? Like, I can't I can't keep doing this much longer. Because also, obviously, as you start to get a bit older as well, you're like, how feasible is this? And then I got like my tax bill through and it was like, I was like, I can't pay it. I was like, I know. I, I don't know how to how to actually make a life out of this. And then it's always, I always find when it's at those points when it's like, I actually ha- don't have an option at this point um, other than to get a job or, or it's game over. Yeah. Something ends up com- coming up. Mia's first role was as a ballet girl in the West End production of Billy Elliot. She then went on to star in numerous TV shows, including Tracy Beaker Returns, The Dumping Ground and EastEnders. Now, as an adult, her career is reaching dizzying heights, appearing in shows like The Witcher and The Vampire Academy and Netflix feature film Persuasion, both due for release next year. But Mia is not here to talk about success. She's here to talk about failure. Mia, you are so welcome to Fail Harder. Yay! Yay! Thanks for having me. Yeah, we just kind of did the old slide into your Insta DMs and we <laughs> set it up. That's how it works these days. I'm just so awful at like keeping on top of stuff. So I was literally like, I saw you message me. I was like, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. And then we managed <laughs> to put it in. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And we were just chatting before we started recording that you were in Spain shooting yeah. the Vampire Diaries, but you have a broken leg or broken leg in two places. A broken ankle in ankle. two places. Yes. Which is just, <laughs> I think ideal. it's the great failure starting point that you're yeah I mean yeah it literally happened within the first two weeks of the shoot so um I've actually spent longer in Spain not being able to walk than being able to walk at this point so it's good Mm. but at least you can still record and this show is going to be huge yeah I mean hopefully um it's really really exciting we managed to see a couple of snippets of it the other day and I mean, I'm quite dramatic anyway, but I was mm. like fully screaming. It looks great. It's oh, really that's exciting. So good. And I was ever since I was little, like I was obsessed with Twilight and everything like that. Yeah. So I always wanted to be a vampire. And then I get to, in this, I'm playing a vampire called Mia. That is so cool. You are living what? your vampire dreams. Literally. Like, I'm kind of finding it hard to be like, what's real life at this point? And what's, what's <laughs> me being a vampire? <laughs> I was such a Twilight fanatic as well. For I like the first book. I was so obsessed. And then I went to see the movie, like, I think like five yeah. times. I was just like. Well, I've got this thing, right? I don't like when I love something. I don't like watching the end. So I've never seen the last movie. Huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to, I like to always have like, otherwise I like really grieve it. So I like to always have like the end as an option. if I need it. That is actually, that is the most, the weirdest. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't, like literally the end of like anything I probably haven't seen. But I, I love it. I actually love it because it, I yeah. can make up how it ends. You can it's make still, up how it ends. Yeah, in my head, like it's all just still going on. Like Edward and Bella are still out there, just you know. Yeah, I actually I kind of grew out of my Twilight phase as the movies went on, though, and as the books went on. I think I was like maybe oh, I think I was like. 15 when the first yeah. movie came out and then I got a bit older and kind of towards the end I was like mm, I don't really love it as much anymore <laughs> see, see so it's good that I didn't see it yeah like, it. amazing amazing right so let me just explain the format of the podcast before we begin yeah so I have 20 questions numbered at random most are straightforward however some are a little bit unconventional and in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the numbers. Lovely. Okay, okay, okay. Numbers. <laughs> Why do I... This question, even straight away, I'm like, what? Oh my God, what numbers are between 1 and 20? Yeah, everyone else gets 20. really stressed about the number. Okay, number 20. Yeah. Okay. How do you cope with failure? Oh, oh, straight in there. Straight in okay. there. Okay, how mm-hmm. do I cope with failure? I mean, I'm very much still figuring that out. Okay. Um, but, okay, so I was really obsessed with, like, the law of attraction and the secret. I don't know if you know of that. Yeah. Um, the book about the law of attraction, and which could, is really great for some people. And for me, it was great for a while. And then I became, like, crazy obsessed with it that it became a bit bad. Because then I was like, okay, I can control everything. But obviously, inevitably, sometimes things happen in life that you actually can't control. And then yeah. I'd be like, oh, my God, like, I did that with my brain. I like spoke that into existence, even if it wasn't that at all. Yeah, something just happened that you can't help. Um, so then it wasn't only it wasn't only like that something went wrong. I then think that I did it as well. So it was like double failure, <laughs> which is really good. Um, so then not that long ago, like a couple of months ago, one of my friends sent me this podcast um, that Darren Brown did, and he has a book called Happy, and it's all about how the law of attraction can be taken the wrong way to be like quite toxic, which I think was a point that I got to. And it's, um, and he basically speaks about only like really focusing on the things that you can control. So I started doing that a couple of months ago, like really like just kind of, just kind of really being aware that all the stuff that was in my control, like I'd really work hard on and I'd obviously be really positive about and blah, blah, blah. But all of the stuff that was out of my control, like accept that it wasn't. If that makes any sense. Whatsoever. That does. It makes a lot of sense. I had this chat um the other day on the podcast. Well, not the exact same, but we we're talking about manifesting. Um, Aggie O'Casey, who's an actor as well. And uh, we were chatting about, yeah, how like you manifest something. And we were like, we we're both kind of into it for a while. And then it was like, I don't know about this anymore. Yeah, and if I really manifest... Stressful. It's really stressful because I had um I spoke about this as well. I had this um really cool job that I was yeah. it was literally six months of like going through steps for it. Like it just went on for so long. And I was like manifesting the shit out of it. And everyone was like, manifest it. Like, and I was like, yeah, I'm so getting that job. I yeah. didn't get it. And it was just like, I think, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like it's like you you then like have to suffer through the like, I didn't get it. And then you have to be like oh my God, like, I didn't get it because I didn't think how I was supposed to think or I didn't manifest yeah. it. So it's like, you're like dealing with double the failure, literally. And I yes. think like, 
I became so like, I'd like just listen to music really loud or something. Cause I'd be like, I can't, I can't think about anything cause I'm gonna think about the wrong thing. And then it's mm. gonna happen. And then I don't want it to happen, but then I do want it to happen. And then, oh my God, it was just a whole cycle. That was yeah. really- you're fit you're kind of feeling twice and I know there's yeah. probably people listening to this like screaming being like that's not how you're supposed to think yeah. about it yeah but- and that's the thing like for some people like it definitely is really really helpful and I think like you know whatever's good for you but for me I just I just like took it to the extreme and then like was just petrified of my own thoughts because I was like controlling mm. everything and for everyone like if some if someone else in my life like had something like that they didn't get or, or they weren't happy with or whatever I'd be like oh god I must have thought about that somewhere along the line and I've made that happen to them oh <gasps> wow yeah. oh that's like <laughs> next level are you a person of extremes are you like do you when you get into in, into something do you get like fully involved yeah, in something I'm like I'm like I don't know if it comes with the like just being like a super over dramatic, over excitable human. But I'm just so I'm just so like something something someone tells me something like, oh, this is nice. Like even like with a food or something, and they're like, oh, I like this food. I'll be like, oh my god, I love this food. And then like I just eat that food. Yeah. <laughs> I just eat that food. Or like or like a song. I'm like, I'll listen to a song, be like, I love this song. Mm. And it's so much that then I end up hating the song. Yeah, I, I definitely do that as well. I really yeah. do that, with especially with new songs. And I know yeah. I love it so much and I know I'm doing it to myself. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's, you love this and now you're going to yeah. really not like it because you keep listening to it on repeat. Exactly. You're like, you're literally going to ruin it for yourself. And that's what I do. <laughs> and that's what I do. Yeah, I know. It's it's so, it's so, you just get immersed when you just love something. You just, you get immersed in it. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We can't change who yeah, we are. I, yeah, I read um, Happy by Darren Brown, and that really, that was like, when did I read that? Maybe like March, the March just gone. Well, not is just this gone, Darren Brown, the like, magician? I don't know if magician yeah. is the wrong word, probably. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's got this book called Happy, and it's literally about... Not taking the law of attraction to a level of it being the opposite of attracting <laughs> okay I definitely definitely need to read that that sounds great yeah it's great I would really recommend it okay right shall we move on to the next number yeah oh, I, have to pick I always say oh, okay. shall we move on to the next number and I'm, I listen to myself now because I, I now edit the podcast myself I used to have an editor but I've tried to learn yeah. how to edit myself I'm like you need to change how you say that and then I keep saying it in the <laughs> shall we <laughs> I'm trying to change it up. I just shall, can't. Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? <laughs> Maybe you should like learn it in different languages and then you could say it like that. Oh, wow. That's a really cool idea. But then I don't know how many people would understand. But then if I didn't know what language you were saying it in, that wouldn't work. You're like, why is she speaking Russian? <laughs> I'll be like, is something, ha- is something happening that I don't know about? <laughs> Yeah, I really trying to mix it up. I just can't. It just comes out every time in the same way. I mean, I don't think I don't think there's that many ways that you can say it. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, because you, you kind of have to move it on. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to the next question. I'm gonna go to number four, please. Okay, number four. Right. Have you any past failure that you look back on now and say, "Thank fuck that didn't work out." Oh my god, all of them all of them <laughs> yeah I like I know that sounds crazy but like literally 
almost everything. And every time like I get a rejection of some sort or whatever, I'm always like, there's gonna be a reason at some point. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you're just saying that to make yourself feel better. Yeah. But especially now, um, I've been super, super lucky to like have relatively constant work mm-hmm. recently. Um, and I mean, very recently, like that's not like a regular thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think like, especially now I'm genuinely like, oh my God, like all these things that I thought were awful that I didn't get or, or whatever, I thought was like the end of the world. And now I'm like, I can realize like I so wasn't ready to do mm-hmm. those things. And like something will come up and I'll be like, oh my God, like I remember I went for that. I wouldn't have been able to do that or like something like that like they all make so much much sense really so you don't have that kind of oh that's really good that you're never like oh oh, I would have loved to have done that you're really like okay with the fact that it's not you Mm. I mean that's easy to say like easier to say now that I'm literally like on a job right now maybe like (laughs) a couple of months ago when I wasn't (laughs) I would have been I would have had a different answer but like Mm. right now I'm like also because like it's got to the like at the beginning of this year, I got some really big no's and I was like, I was like, I don't think, I, I don't think I can keep doing this to myself. Like, really? It was just, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, why do I keep putting myself through it? Because every time I was getting a no, it was like, it felt like I was actually grieving. Like mm. it was like someone had died and every no felt like the last no, if that makes sense. Like there would never be another opportunity like that one. And then now that I'm on, this job and I've done um a couple of films this year before I did this that that were like all like things that I really hope to be able to do one day and now that they all just kind of fell into place like they all kind of just came from nowhere you know you yeah. saying about that six months build up to a job that you didn't end up getting like that felt like the way for so long there was so yeah. many jobs that I, I was in the run for for so long and would get so close and I'd have like my whole life planned around these jobs mm-hmm. that I never got and then the ones that I've got recently which have been like my dream jobs just kind of happened out of nowhere like obviously I, I had to audition for them and stuff but yeah. um it wasn't that like month-long processes I know of, like, it's planning and blah 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 yeah it was like literally like a tape a recall maybe and then that was it and it's like right. oh, where's this come from and doing these jobs I've really been like oh my god that's why that one didn't work out I wouldn't be able to do this one and this one I genuinely love and I'm having the best time and um I've been really lucky that the jobs that I've done this year have all been very different characters so I've like got to try out a few different things so it's like oh, okay all of those months of like yeah no, no years of no's have been like even just the past six months of like getting to do some really, really cool stuff. I'm like, okay, it makes sense for me now. Mm. Which it's again, a couple of months, six months ago, I probably wouldn't have said the same thing, but now yeah. it like really does feel like it makes sense. It's quite interesting for you because you're the first person I think I've had on who was like a child actor as well. So, yeah. I mean, you, you did loads of work when you were younger too. I mean, like Tracy yeah. Beaker, you were in yeah. Billy Elliot. <laughs> yeah I mean that yeah like love Billy Elliot kind of a whole other part of like my life and I when I came out of filming Tracy Beaker I was 18 and was used to like acting as a child and acting as a child to acting as an adult is a whole different Mm -hmm. um the audition process everything is so different and I was I'd never really like experienced rejection before because we were filming for like six months of the year 
um, Tracy Beaker. So for the other six months I was at school. So I'd maybe do a couple of auditions here or there, but I didn't really think much about them. I knew I was going um, to film um, for the later half of the year. So I, I didn't really experience rejection until I left and I was 18 and I'd left this huge part of my life had no idea like who I was like yeah I was literally like I was just known like I've had so much structure of like what I was doing and then all of a sudden and I'd always been the person that like knew what they wanted to do mm-hmm. like at school and everything like everyone would be like trying to figure out their careers and stuff and I was like I know what I want to do I'm already doing it like I'm, I'm yeah living the dream and then I got to 18 and I was like oh my god what the hell am I doing mm. and um I ended up quitting. I left my agent and stuff. Went what? to Australia. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Went to Australia for seven months, got a job in a call center out there. Were you just like, I'm done with acting forever at this point? I I was a bit like, I just didn't really know. I was like, mm-hmm. um, I think I'd had maybe six months maximum of like auditioning and not getting anything. And yes. me at that time felt like, a lifetime and I was like it's never yeah. gonna happen for me like I've had my chance I've done it blah, blah, blah. and then I was a bit like why do I even like doing it because I put so much pressure on myself before these auditions I get myself into such a state mm. and the rejection felt so horrible I was like why am I even doing it like what I didn't really know what I loved about it um so I think I need to just take some time away and be like do I actually love doing it and then I figured out that I did love doing it yeah. um <laughs> And then that kind of made the rejection a bit more bearable because I was like, I know why, I know why I'm putting myself through yeah. this. Rejection is never, there, it's never really bearable. I just don't think, like, I think that, you know, especially for actors, people are like, oh, you need to, if you're an actor, you're going to acting, you need to have such a thick skin. But I think like good actors naturally are like, really kind of open vulnerable yeah. you know like, like really always two seconds away from an emotional break yeah <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really suit the personality type at all you know it's and like it... you've got to be the most emotionally available but also the most unemotional people in the world all at the same time yeah it's just so it's much hard. rejection and I think I don't I don't know like I don't think that I don't think rejection ever gets easier I mean like oh, as soon as I get any job I'm straight away like great I love it for about a week and then I'm all of a sudden like this is going to come to an end and then I'm back <laughs> and then I'm back like waiting for the rejections after back like, in like, the cage comes down <laughs> but, but what was that like okay what was being a child actor like like what was that life you know was it were you enjoying it was it a lot of pressure you know I just I've actually never met anyone who was kind of uh working as a child to your level before yeah I mean yeah it was amazing I absolutely loved it I wouldn't change it for the world um and I think so my younger sister she's 14 she started acting as well when she was like eight or nine Mm -hmm. and um she's had a really different experience because she's done jobs where she's mostly like the only child and she's working with adults oh okay um and so my mum has probably chaperoned her or she's had like a chaperone to chaperone her on set. But we were obviously a group of like, I think there was 13 of us, um, give or take most of the time, all growing up and all experiencing it together. So mm. I think it was a really different experience because even though, yeah, we it was a job at the end of the day and we were expected to 
like treat it as a job we were also doing tutoring we were living together um we were all going through our teen years together like we were a proper family and then we'd all go back to our schools after like six months of filming and all of us hated it because obviously like we'd made Mm. like doing Trace Beaker like filming that was like our school and then we'd like go back into these schools at home where none of us really had the friendships that we had made on yeah. set. So it was, and, and no one really understands that experience either. Like you can't really describe, even going home to like my mom and dad and stuff. And like, I'd always get like real like post job blues and mm. trying to like describe that to someone that you had this whole life. Cause you're really like in this bubble and like with the crew and everything like you just make such a family and then to come away from that is really hard. I think that's the yeah. hardest thing about it. Um, and we never, we never knew each year. We didn't know for sure that we were getting a next season. Yeah. Um, so it was always like every year that we'd leave, we were all completely soul destroyed because we were like, we don't know if we're coming back. Blah, blah. Um, yeah. So that was probably the hardest part and having to like have a life at home. I think as I started to get into my teen years, like, having a life at home not really having like a group of friends at home and stuff Mm. like that or not or you would have a group of friends but then you'd throw yourself into filming when it came to that so then you'd lose touch with those friends yeah um so it was finding that balance was quite hard I think and like Mm. just missing things like family holidays because we always filmed over the summer holidays because that meant we'd get a couple of weeks where we wouldn't have to do tutoring oh yeah um Mm. just stuff like that like but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't change it I mean, I mean my dad always says he'd never let my younger sister do what I did I think because it, it took me away I was living away from home at like 10 11 years old yeah and we had chaperones but it meant that like we did really come into our own quite young mm. which is great in some respects but I think for parents it's like we grow up even faster you were probably so life. independent at such a young yeah. age yeah yeah for sure which like is great it's great um but yeah like I say I think for parents it's quite hard to you know at like 13 14 I was like I was capable of living on my own wow so. I remember I actually when I went so I was like obviously living in Ireland and I went over to London to see Billy Elliot maybe you were in it um oh and I maybe oh god I have no idea it was a long time ago I was maybe oh I was probably like 14 and I'm 28 now so what year was that (laughs) (laughs) here's one for you I found maps (laughs) (laughs) but I remember I got like really obsessed yeah I'm probably very like you actually I got really obsessed with it because like this is so good and I had a soundtrack and like I I always really loved dancing and I remember going on I think it was on YouTube or was that like a special CD that came with like the Billy Elliot DVD and it was like a background to the musical and they showed you how the people were like living and training and I was like this is amazing like it was like all the like rigorous dance training and then the tutoring I mean wow well, it, yeah I mean I can't I was I started in 2000 oh oh you have a dog hello <laughs> um I started in like 2006 so how old was I again really young maybe like six or seven or something I don't know if that maths adds up but something like that mm. 2006 I started and I did it till like 2008 and I have quite little memory of it um so I the James Gaddis played the dad 
that I, that I worked with in Billy. And then he came and did an episode of Dumping Ground, maybe like five years later. No, maybe longer than that, quite a few years later. And I was mm-hmm. like, I know that man, where do I know him from? And then he said, he was like, oh my God, you were one of the ballet girls. I was like, yeah. And he was telling me all this stuff that happened um, while we while we were on, like doing the show and all of this stuff. Cause I was so, I mean, I'm super small now. Like I'm, mm. I don't think I even made five foot in life. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was tiny, like I was so small. I was up to all the other girls, like tutus. And he was like, so at the end, you had like your own bow because it was like amazing that you were so tiny. Like, so he was oh like, you just used to run on at the end and like have your own bow. And I've got no memory of that whatsoever because I was so young. Really? But to this day, I think like, I think that was probably the most incredible experience I've ever had. Mm. And I would love to like, maybe one day do some some kind of show again yeah I was about to ask you is that like a big passion of yours to be in I mean, musical that theater? was always like growing up that was always what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um like musical theater and then I did Billy and was kind of like oh great like that's it then mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in musical theater now. Um, and then I kind of got a I I think I went straight into I can't remember the exact timeline but I, I then went and did like my first acting job like screen job and then it just kind of went from there so I stopped any kind of training I mean I kept up dancing but not like properly yeah I was dancing every day of the week before that I was literally like dancing was my whole entire life and then um so I haven't I I, I don't think I'd have it I don't know if I, I don't I wouldn't even know how to when people talk about musical theater I'm like yeah I love musical theater and they actually start talking about it I'm like I don't have a clue yeah <laughs> would you feel like if you went to a class that you, again like a dance class you'd be like oh I think a dance class I'd be okay with because I, I stayed sort of like dancing a couple of times a week, maybe until mm-hmm. I was like 18, 19, and then did like, you know, some drop-in classes like throughout my 20s, but well, throughout my own, I'm still in my own. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 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 how old are you? I'm like 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> throughout my 20s, I kind of dancing. No, no. Like, like when I was like, at like 21 or something, yeah. <laughs> I carried on like doing drop-in classes, but... I think it, it, like reading like any kind of music or having to like actually sing along mm-hmm. to like music. <laughs> the singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually have started like I always loved dancing and I used to do it all the time. And yeah. then I did actor training and there was obviously both dance involved, but I've definitely yeah. fallen out of it and I've started going to dance classes again recently. Um and I started going to Pineapple Dance Studios. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. I'll go there. But I definitely, like, I can still dance. I was describing this, like, I can, now obviously it wouldn't have been on your level, like you were in, like, Billy Edit. But um, <laughs> I was like, I could definitely dance, but yeah. I can't remember choreography that well anymore. So I'd be yeah. like, I can do it and I can yeah. make the shapes. But I, like, halfway through, I'm like, I, yeah. I forget the rest. Yeah. Or I can get, like, a couple of steps and be super convincing. And then I'm like, I think I've got this thing of like I don't because I know I'd go back to like dance it if I if like I, I could probably when I was doing like the dropping classes I'd do like the really like easier ones so that I was like okay yeah like I'm just easing myself in but I don't think I could I, I I'd be petrified to go and do the harder levels because mm. I wouldn't be one of the better 
ones in the class yeah. like I, I like I have a thing of like not that I have to like be the best or anything like that <laughs> but, but you like, do <laughs> <laughs> but, but I need I to be the best <laughs> <laughs> but I just like the, the thought of like going in and being like like worse than I was as a child I'm like yeah I know we gotta do it in my head I'm like yeah no like I'm a really good dancer still because <laughs> I haven't proved it myself by the way <laughs> just just don't won't do it I'll just tell everyone I have <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, if I just don't attempt it then I just never need to realize that I can't do it anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so shut <laughs> I actually just can't I don't know why I have a mental block will we <laughs> move on you should, to do, you should like sing it in a little song honestly I don't know I just like a can't jingle. Like, I'm allergic to myself. <laughs> like, when I edit, I'm like, MJ, why can't you change that? Oh, I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> I'm saying it here now. I just, I've had to just let it out. And now people know. Yeah. So will we move on to the next number? Let's do it. Okay. okay. Number, number, number. 11. Number 11. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. What element is denoted by... <laughs> What element is denoted by the chemical symbol SN in the periodic table? Silver. Sorry, you got a really difficult one. Um, no, but that was a good guess with the S. Wait, SN. SN. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really hard. It's tin. I didn't even know that existed in the periodic table. <laughs> That was never going to happen for me. Neither did I. (laughs) Were you good at science in school? Do you know what? I have some fun facts. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, when I was doing GCSEs, um, for science, which one was it? Physics. I, like, learned the stuff off by heart. Mm. And so then I had an audition once and they were like, give us a fun fact and the first thing that came to my head was like this stuff that I learned for physics so Ooh. I can like if I'm like trying to make people think that like I'm really scientific I've got like three physics facts that I can just rattle off oh the divulge one okay can, can we so hear the Doppler one? effect is the apparent change of frequency of waves emitting from a moving object Ooh. and that's yeah. like you know like a siren of a car that goes like Neo. amazing physics is really tricky like oh sorry (laughs) i get excited (laughs) with my facts no go on tell me more tell me more i'm learning then i've got redshift which is when something is moving further away from you the frequency decreases so it appears more red and the opposite of that is blue shift it's moving closer towards you the frequency increases so it appears more blue what I know it just stays in my brain I don't know how and I don't know what they actually mean if I had to break it down but that was the definition in the that's amazing because you probably you learn lines so you can you know learn things really well that's what I did I used to like write them out as a script and and I think I just I panicked once when someone said like say something good and I was just these physics facts Mm -hmm. and they just stayed there yeah there's actually such a funny joke that me and my friends had about like you could do a play and it could be you know your best you know almost dying you know you put so much work into yeah. it and you put you've really thought about the character <laughs> it's just been you know such a big like undertaking and then you you come out after the play and <laughs> people say how did you learn all the lines <laughs> so 
like oh my god oh my god that's so accurate <laughs> how did you learn the lines <laughs> what about the fact that I just emotionally bared my soul yeah yeah just like put the lines <laughs> that's the most impressive thing about what you just did <laughs> sometimes though you know I have been to a play like sometimes like Hamlet for instance you're like yeah. now how did they learn the lines yeah yeah yeah, like, I mean, yeah, great respect for that because I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I ever could, you know. Mm, yeah, it's there's there's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, <laughs> it's lot. a lot. It would take me a long time. <laughs> it would take a while. Okay, next number. Phoning it in is back. Hello, my name is Dave Coffey, and I'm the host of Phoning It In, the hilarious improvised phone-in show. Think Joe Duffy meets your favorite Irish comedians. Our first episode back is already out and features the young hot guys, Tony Cantwell, Shane Danburn and Killian Sunderman. This season we'll also have lots of bonus material available on Headstuff Plus, including new improv style games with all your favourite guests. Phoning It In is available every fortnight wherever you get your podcasts and on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. Oh yeah. Um, oh, good one. Um, oh my God, what number do I nine number nine okay what was your biggest lockdown failure everything (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing yeah like all of it no I I um (laughs) I really really wanted to like be a great person in lockdown I was like Mm -hmm. okay because I constantly like obviously as a when you're acting you can never make any sort of concrete plans ever Mm. so it was like oh my god like I actually have a a lot of time that I know is definitely going to be free so I'm going to actually like start a course learning a language or like start yoga and stuff like that and I mean I started and then (laughs) lasted for like two days and um that was about it I very quickly (laughs) um just drank gym yeah it so got earlier fun. and earlier and earlier I was like it went from drinking an insane amount of coffee to then an insane amount of gin and then starting over so again just trying to do anything um didn't happen for me during lockdown <laughs> it's really hard though I know it was actually such it was such an awful experience in so many ways but I think the yeah. fact that you had all this time and you know, yeah. in life, sometimes you're like, I just want time yeah. to do this thing. And then you had all of this everlasting time, yeah. but it was so hard yeah. to be motivated like, then. And I don't understand why, like, all of a sudden, everyone in the world ever, like, just thought, like, let me try and do what, like, everything that I've never done before. And then it's just like, mm. I think everyone just put so much pressure on, them, on themselves to, like, come out of lockdown, like, they've had a massive glow up and it's like but guys we can't even leave the house <laughs> a massive glow up come out like a some million people did. Some, some people really did have a glow up like, I mean some people really did and like kudos to them um but I, I wasn't one of those people yeah no me neither <laughs> who did you lock down with were you at home home or were you yeah so I went back to my family home with my boyfriend we both went back because oh, so you were your boyfriend was living with your family for lockdown? Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, <laughs> together challenge. <laughs> it was chaos, but like 
it was fun. I mean, we started off like, oh my God, we're going to do movie nights. We had like a lockdown diary. So every night we'd be like, oh, what have we done today? And mm-hmm. like all of this and writing down the daily COVID cases. Again, lasted maximum a week before everyone was like screaming at each other. No. Um, yeah, because there was like, I've got two younger sisters and then my mum and dad and they've got two dogs. And then there was me, my boyfriend and our dog. <laughs> and um, so it was a lot. But they had a garden yeah. and we lived in London without a garden. So we were like, let's go somewhere with a garden. And also it was really weird yeah. because, you know, just before we were living with friends and just before lockdown, you know, everyone was going like, lockdown's going to happen and the army are coming in and blah, blah, blah. Like, I know. Was, like speculating that it was going to happen. So loads of our friends um, that we were living with went back to their family homes and we stayed in London and it was really like eerie. Yeah. Because we lived in quite a... <sighs> Sorry, that was my what was that? <laughs> Just my the hoover slid down. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Everything's crumbling. Someone's um, breaking so, in. Yeah, <laughs> that would make for a good podcast, though. Yeah, we're like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> drama. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, there was like loads of us that lived in this house. Well, not loads of us. There was like six of us, I think, five of us, six of us. And um, so they all went home. So it was like, we lived in this house that normally had loads of people and then there was studs and I was like, I don't like it. Yeah. So then I was like, mum, we've, we've got some toilet roll. Can we yeah. <laughs> we told, like, we were the exact same. I've spoke about this in the podcast before, but yeah, we had just moved to London. So we were like really new in London and then the pandemic hit and we tried to do a bit of it in London because obviously we had just moved and just signed yeah. a lease, et cetera. And then we were like, no, let's go back to Ireland. And then we were just living this life in nature, which was sometimes nice. Sometimes I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go insane. I mean, my family live like more in the countryside. I mean, not countryside, countryside, but countryside compared to London. Mm -hmm. And um, so every day we were like, just going for walks. Yeah. Hours on it. <laughs> hours on it. And did you? When did work start to pick up for you? Then, like, did you have a long time then with with nothing, or did you get any bit of lockdown kind of relief? So we were supposed to be doing season two of a show, and that got cancelled that year. Um, so that was like a bit of a blow because it was like the one time that I was like, "Yeah, I've got," or the first time in a long time I've been like, "Yeah, I've got like." season two of a show guaranteed and then wasn't prepared for the fact that a global pandemic was gonna hit and take Mm -hmm. away season two um so that was a bit of a blow and that that meant I think I had how long did I have without work I think like a good year Mm. I did um I did like a web series thing ah um, cool about lockdown during lockdown which was really fun that kept me busy for a bit what was that um, called it's called exposed it's on exposed. youtube uh-huh. yeah. yes um we did like a short film um before lockdown happened and then um we were basically like let's make it a little web series on nice. lockdown because they were about like these kids at school basically and blah blah um and then so we were like, let's, they were basically like, let's do a um, couple of episodes, like how they're de- how the characters would be dealing with lockdown, basically. So it was really fun. It was really oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, gave us something to to do. 
which was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you are you the kind of person like do you get a lot of like self-worth from when you're working? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. It's I all mean, tough not to, isn't it? It's so tough not to. And like I think I've got better at it, but for a good amount of time it was like if I wasn't working like I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about like myself, like, do you know, like just yeah. doing anything. Like I was just like, all I lived for was the jobs or the work. So it was just like mm-hmm. nothing else really like mattered or made a difference, which made the rejections even harder because it was like, great. I'm still just doing nothing. Yeah. And then one of my friends said to me, like, you really need to find like something else that you love. Cause I don't have anything else that I love. And um like the thing that I love I do as a job so when I'm not doing that it's like what then um but then I started doing a workshop in London called Go Hub which is like an acting workshop and um so it meant I get to act but not as a job yeah and it was amazing and even just doing that made a complete difference amazing like I was working towards something each week because we get the scripts each week and then have to perform them in the workshops so it was like just having something else to work towards yeah, was amazing and it made a huge difference. Yeah, and it's something you can just go and you can just be free and it's not like all this pressure. Yeah. That's amazing. Like a whole room of other actors that are either working or in between jobs or not working currently or just graduated or thinking about acting. Like everyone's at very different points and you're all just there to just be there and it's really nice nice it's really amazing am I right to say that you didn't do any like formal training after secondary school yeah no I didn't do any um yeah I didn't do any formal training was that something that you had thought about or were you just kind of like oh I've already I'm already working yeah I definitely thought about it um and when I was younger I was always like oh when I leave when I leave Chase Vika I'm gonna go to drama school and then um when I left, I was obviously I had a break in acting, and then mm-hmm. I don't really know. I just, I, I just, I, I think I was petrified of not getting in. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was, because I was always like at the back of my mind, like, oh, like I'd love to do that. I think I would. I think I would love it. Um, but I was just petrified of of not getting in. Yeah, and that's I think, like, really I still, interesting. Yeah, I think because I still. Because I started as a kid, I feel, I mean, I think everyone feels imposter syndrome no matter what, but like, I feel really like, I don't know, like really like I've cheated the system somehow. Okay. So I'm really uh, like, mm-hmm. if I go, if I went and auditioned for drama school, I could be exposed. Yes. Like, you don't know anything about acting. Cause I'm like, I have no, I have really bad knowledge of like plays or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally like, I think if I auditioned for drama school, I'd be like, that'd be like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually, I'd be like, I think, I'd like to act, please. <laughs> like the drama school thing is really interesting. Like loads of the actors now, this is season four and I've had lots of actors on this podcast. And I think like, yeah. I think like, is it more haven't been to drama school than have, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. I really don't think like I mean it is really great in loads of ways and really beneficial yeah. in loads of ways but I really don't think it's the be all and end all I think yeah. like learning yeah. and experiencing and being out there doing it exactly what you're yeah. doing is as valid as anything yeah and I mean like I also realized it's never too late either like um one of my really good friends 
has just started her first. No, she's in second year now. I mean, oh, COVID's made the time scales of everything. No, <laughs> but my friends just like started at Rada. I mean, just started. I think she might be in her second year now. I'm gonna have to check. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she and for years, like she was like wanted to do it and everything, and um, and she's in her late twenties now and was like now I'm ready to do it Ooh. and smashing it and she's like loving it so also if it got to a point where I was like actually um I do think I could benefit now that's always going to be an option I hope I think. yeah no that's cool um, to keep, keep an open mind yeah yeah I just think like it's such a personal I don't think anyone can tell you if you should or shouldn't I think yeah. it's so personal like what you need at that that point and touch with so far mm-hmm. and just sort of you're doing good girl you're doing good <laughs> yeah we're all like this for anyone listening we're doing like a trying to climb desperately up a mountain sort of yeah, like climbing things and things are like paddling away a bit of a doggy paddle type thing yes <laughs> that is life constantly um okay let's move on to the next number what number would you like let's go number one Number one, okay. Sofia is the capital of which country? Bulgaria. Ooh, wow, very good. No failing for I you. Good, I didn't even do geography. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good. It's somewhere I really want to go. Apparently, Sofia is actually really nice. I have been when I was younger. Ah, That's well, there I you go. Yeah. See this. <laughs> and it was, it was great. It was amazing. I mean can't remember it that well but I remember it being great mm, well that's impressive because I often with the like quiz questions in the podcast I'll like test them out on like friends or I'll test them out with my boyfriend just to see like how hard it is yeah, and nobody yeah, yeah. knew that like I tested it out on a few <gasps> different people yeah. they're like oh that's god like I know life. of Sophia I've heard of it but I don't know what country it's the capital of and I was that. like oh great this is really hard now and well you've got it I'm so <laughs> I, I knew straight away straight away bugger Um, okay I think we have time for one last question okay crazy time has flown um huh oh sorry I just said flown in because why not is you you're probably like oh my god I'm such an Irish accent as well but I'm obviously living in London Irish is my favorite accent oh good I love it you like to hear one accent as well that like I really can't do to save my life it's such a hard accent to do it's so hard hard. it's so hard I also don't think I'd want to do it because it's so hard I'd be petrified the whole time (laughs) honestly like I think the only person and it's like a thing in Ireland now but the only actor who's actually nailed it is Daisy Edgar Jones in Normal People like she totally nails it but I think like some of the best actors in the world like incredible actors have been in films where they're trying to do an Irish accent and it's so bad I don't know what it is about it it's so like niche so niche and there's any other accent and there's so many different dialects as well. And yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. I've so. <laughs> you're, you're just blessed with it. <laughs> He's blessed with it. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked again. What number would you like as your last number? Oh my God, what number is it? Oh, is it 14? Number 14. Is that a good question? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, mm. <laughs> um, it's. 
can I ask you why one? You, why don't you pick a number? Yeah, I kind of want to pick because it's the last one. Go on, go on, pick that one's it. kind of one that you've kind of answered before. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Okay, who do you <laughs> who do you go to when you failed? Oh my god, great question. I'm so lucky. I have like great people around me that have to deal with me throwing a hissy fit when I'm failing slash mm-hmm. um I've got my best friend Georgia um who's my best friend from school and she's amazing she's always like she, I always go straight to her because she's also who I lived in Australia with ah. so she's she's been there through like all the ups and downs of it um she's amazing um my mum and dad are really good at being like come on don't be silly you're being silly mm-hmm. yourself out. get on top of it um, obviously my boyfriend has had to console me after numerous rejections is he is your boyfriend an actor as well am I right to say yeah 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 yeah, yeah. He, is, he is so um he gets it he really gets it as well yeah. so that's good how long um, are you guys together oh it'll be five years in February oh cute I know I don't know where that time's gone yeah I'm together <laughs> five years with my boyfriend too I'm like what oh my god it like mm-hmm. literally like when people used to say like oh five years in a relationship I'd be like whoa yeah I, I know and it just so happened yeah <laughs> okay so he really gets it then if he's an actor that's, yeah, he's that's really great. great and then also like my agents and stuff are amazing at picking me up when I've had some big knockbacks mm-hmm. so yeah I've got lots of people in my life that I'm one of those people as well I'm quite like to feel better I share yeah <laughs> I'm like I, I like to talk about it and I, it can take me quite a while to get over some of the big no's um so I've got a lot of people I'm very thankful for that listen to me mm. um getting upset about these jobs you're very similar to me listening to you speak mm. about how you like mm-hmm. deal with failure and you're like oh, I'd have to get it out I'm like I'm the exact same I have to get it out because also like I do I get really really attached to stuff mm-hmm. so I'm like I have to like detach from it and somehow do that through passing it to other people. <laughs> to yeah. And it's so hard because earlier you were saying about like, you know, trying to plan your life. But when you have, you know, something coming up or maybe coming up, like, yeah. you know, like yeah. even this broadcasted job that I was going for, whatever that went yeah. on for six months, that, um, I was like this if I got that it was going to start in January so I was like okay so you know if I get this I need to like think about this and you need to kind of plan it and then you're kind of like you have this like reality plan for yourself if you get it and it's just oh and it's so it's so so crazy because like you can't help but like plan it and a lot of the times these are like things that will actually change your day-to-day life so it's so hard to then like plan that and then be like that have that taken away it's so weird to just have that like taken away Mm -hmm. like there's been so many jobs now where I've had to like do a test deal for so you have to sign the contract before you find out if you've got it or not so you find out like yeah it's crazy it's crazy you find out like it's the exact contract that you'll be on if you get the job but you haven't got the job but have it all there in front of you and then it's gone. <laughs> it's so crazy. What? That's mad. Yeah. And I had like three of those in like a month, a couple of years ago. 
and I was literally like, I remember my agent ringing me about another job, and I was like, I please don't be another no. Like I can't, I like I don't, I can't, I just can't just hang yeah. on the phone. But um, luckily that one came through. Yes, Looking I do people. always find it's really weird. Like I always find it's when I'm at like the end of my tether that something like comes up, and with a lot of my friends as well, that's been one of my uh, closest friends we were so around this time last year we had both had some like big nose and we were both like it got to christmas and we were like what are we doing mm. like we keep getting we keep getting these places we keep getting these jobs that we're like okay like this is going to keep me going for a little bit and then for some reason they don't end up going that way whether it be a global pandemic or something else yeah and uh, we were both like what is going on like i can't i can't keep doing this much longer because also obviously as you start to get a bit older as well you're like how feasible is this? And then I got like my tax bill through and it was like, I was like, I can't pay it. I was like, I know. I, can't pay it. I don't know how to, how to actually make a life out of this anymore. Yeah. And then it's always, I always find when it's at those points when it's like, I actually ha- don't have an option at this point um, other than to get a job or, or it's game over. Yeah. Something ends up com- coming up. Nice. So, yeah. I find really the yeah. universe is throwing you a bone. Yeah, yeah. Is it there's like some quote, there's like something that my boyfriend always says to me. Something about like, oh, what is it? Tom! Sorry. <laughs> hey, What's Tom. that quote where you're like, um the the like it's testing the people that like mean it, like that uh that are is it is that it? What is it? Uh, Tom, you can join us. <laughs> Tom, come here and say it so she can hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love this. Hey! <laughs> okay, um, say the quote. It's not mine. It's it's Russell Brand's quote. Uh, and he says something like, um, you know, if you if you just keep pushing and keep getting back up when you're knocked down, eventually the universe turns around and says, like, fuck, this one's serious. You better let them through. <gasps> That's amazing. Good, right? I love that. So, Who is that? Is that Russell Russell Brand? <laughs> this is this is like such a fun interview. The dog we've had. Oh yeah, a special the guest. Whole, whole team. The dog is so cute. What's your dog's name? Yeah, this is Tiggy. She got run over just before we came to Spain. Oh god. Yeah, so she was supposed to come with us at the beginning, but she couldn't come because she couldn't fly because she shattered her pelvis. So now we've both got matching plates. Cuts <laughs> in her pelvis, ones in my ankle. <laughs> oh my so, god yeah. i love it <laughs> she's so cute yeah. she's so good she's not even making a peep yeah you wouldn't like i don't think she thinks she's a dog like i'm not i think she's a bit i don't know confused about what yeah, she's, she's definitely like i'm a human like who are these other dogs yeah. <laughs> yeah, she like when she sees other dogs she's like whoa what are you doing <laughs> she no like, way. sits at the table while we're eating dinner like just sits there like oh as if she's like a little child <laughs> wow well, Mia, i'll end it there thank you so much thank you so much i've had so much fun i know this has really just been so much fun i don't even know what i've said but <laughs> no it's been <laughs> so like... great you've been so honest it's just been it's been lovely <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fail Harder. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
If you like the podcast, it would be so helpful if you could subscribe to it, rate and review it, share it on social media or with a friend. One or all of these things is so appreciated. Thank you. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.